What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode. GM, GM, what's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy. It is the weekly spotlight where we bring on somebody that's crushing it and doing big things in Web3. And today we are super excited to have with us Lacey. Lacey, I'm not exactly sure how to see your last name. I think it's Kehlani. Is that correct? Yep. Got yep. it. Lacey Kehlani is with us. And as always, co-host Kai is on the podcast too. What's up, Kai? What's up, friends? Good to be here. So little little intro on Lacey before uh, we uh, get her to jump in here. Lacey's a two-time startup founder with a background in HR tech. Uh, her last startup was uh, venture-backed and placed thousands of jobs. Then she sold it. And now she's working on Meta Intro, which is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, Meta Intro is the professional resume for Web3. Uh, and if you're not exactly sure what that means, we're going to dive into that uh, because it's pretty innovative. Uh, ditch the old PDF resume where we got something new coming for you in Web3 that's really exciting. And long-term, really the goal for Meta Intro is to reduce the time to hire for job seekers and employers. Uh, and they're also backed by Near and Ave, so some big backers behind the project. Really exciting. Uh, and earlier, uh, before jumping on the podcast, um, I jumped into their Discord, which is one of the most active discords to find a job in Web3. Uh, so if you're not there and you're looking for a job, you're definitely going to want to hear more about that discord. Uh, and a couple of random facts about Lacey, because we always love to have fun on the show. Uh, she's also a dog mom uh, and a semi-pro soccer player uh, on the side while, <laughs> while running startups. I don't know how you have all the time. Lacey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That that blurb that entry blurb makes it all sound great <laughs> and I, I have to turn off I had to remember to turn off my discord otherwise you're going to hear the pings like non-stop throughout this chat which would mm. be really which actually gets really annoying so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it's nice to be here thanks for having me guys yeah yeah so let's let's start rewind uh before meta intro what did you do before meta intro give us a little bit of the background story of Lacey Kehlani yeah. Uh, so my last startup, uh, like you said, was an HR marketplace in the media and entertainment space. Venture back, grew to thousands of users, placed hundreds of jobs. It was a, a wonderful ride. And uh, eventually we made the decision to sell. And around that time, I read one of Matt Ball's first essays on the metaverse. And I don't know if you've had the chance to read those excellent uh, collection of, uh, of essays definitely recommend if you have the time. And after reading it, I thought, you know, this guy's crazy. He has, what is he talking about? And I, also at that time, I had never seen uh, Ready Player One. Like I had no context. And after reading, I found myself at Sotheby's on Decentraland, at a party on Roblox, you know, buying my first NFT, downloaded my, uh, you know, my MetaMask wallet, and along the way, got me thinking a lot about the future of work and what work can look like in the next 10, 20 years. And something that I was never able to solve for in my last startup was reducing the time to hire. Um, that's truly the pain point in the hiring process. All of these Web2 companies are trying to solve for filling the top of the funnel with applicants, which is great, but that doesn't solve the issue. The issue is how quickly can we get a qualified candidate into the role and working so that the project can continue to build an Excel. And so after that 
really busy weekend <laughs> of dabbling in Web3 products, I thought, well, what, what would happen if credentials lived on chain? What could that look like? And what could that do to the future of work? And that was kind of the genesis of Meta Intra. Well, I'm excited to hear about what it will mean to put credentials on chain, <laughs> to be honest. So we're going to dive into that, but uh, let's let's sort of hold on to that thought for just a second. I'm just curious when you first learned about Web3 and you read, I guess it was Matthew, Matthew Ball, right? He's got a book yeah. coming out, I think, this summer on Metaverse as well. Um, nice. But when you first read that, what was the thing that excited you or like got you going like, oh, wow, this is like game changer. This is going to be huge. Anything in particular? Yeah. Um, well, it was actually a podcast that I had, I had listened to right after I had read that, read those essays because I've naturally, I wanted to learn more. And he did this podcast back in, I want to say late 2020, and it was about IP and the metaverse and how that's going to change the entertainment landscape and the relationship it has with its audience. Um, and that at the time, because I was building in the media and entertainment space was super, super interesting to me. Um, there, and if you listen to him, he's just so, you know, well refined and everything he says is just, uh, it's like God's birth, you know, Web3. And so that's what really got me interested and hooked into the Web3 space. Behind that, I have been in the crypto space for about five years, just as like a normie trader, but nothing beyond that. Um, and I didn't really understand the connection in the beginning between crypto and the metaverse and Web3 and NFTs and blockchain, like that still was very foreign to me. Um, just investing in crypto was kind of something all of my friends did. So all back to probably that podcast and that and that collection of essays was really the genesis of it. Interesting. And and do you do you remember like a line or anything specific from that that podcast or that essay that really cued cued your your interest? I don't. I wish I did. I wish I could quote it. <laughs> I don't. I should go back and read it. Um, but there's so many good things to be reading, to be listening to nowadays. And totally. I will read his book when it comes out. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, when they hear about blockchain, they hear about Web3, they're like, oh, we should put everything on the blockchain, right? There was like the ICO boom from, yeah. from 2017. And, and so you're saying, okay, well, let's put our resumes essentially on the blockchain. Um, which is something I've been thinking about for a long time. And I actually think has a lot of utility in it and could be really cool. Uh, I'm interested to hear um, sort of, can you just talk about how, how Web3 can sort of change the way that we're hiring and, and what, what is the utility of a blockchain in, in terms of, you know, a resume or whatever you want to call it? Like, how are you thinking about that? Yeah. So in the hiring process today, when I'm talking about reducing the time to hire, the, the issues as to why the hiring time takes so long is validation. Um, that can be validation of work, uh, education, references, work visas, um, and skills. And if those credentials lived on chain as a hiring manager, I wouldn't have to go through the traditional vetting process. I wouldn't have to call your previous employer. I wouldn't have to you know, make sure that work visa is a-okay. Um, I could trust it because it lives on chain. That's the long, long-term thinking. Obviously, we have a long ways to go in terms of that being a scalable business and like, you know, way of doing things amongst everybody in the Web3 ecosystem. But the genesis idea of it is, well, if 
credentials live on chain, we don't have to spend time validating and, you know, that can reduce that time to hire. So you mean like in terms of, let's say, I don't know, you complete some course or whatever, and you get a credential, it becomes like an NFT and that's held in your wallet. And so it's like yep. very easy to, um, to validate that. What about things of like, I don't know, you, you mentioned proof of skill and you mentioned proof of what were some of the other things, um, proof of work, uh, I get yeah. proof of education, like a diploma, just easy to put that on the blockchain. What yep. about the other things that when we're hiring, we're looking like, can you do these skills or have you done this in the past? Like, how does that work on chain? Yeah. Haven't completely solved for, yeah. Haven't completely solved for that yet. Um, skill skills, as you could probably imagine are subjective a lot of the time. Um, and the expertise or that level of skill can range significantly. And again, it's subjective. And so a lot of our thinking in the background is as we're building our roadmap, we're like, okay, the lowest hanging fruits to build first are the proof of education, proof of work, having a previous employer validate that you worked at from X date to X date doing X, super easy. But how do we eventually put skills on chain? And then on top of it, skills are continuously uh, updated. You grow as an individual, as, as a job seeker. And how do we account for that? Let's say when the first iteration of your skill, that proof of skill lives on chain, whether that's like an assessment test or, um, I don't know, a link to your GitHub and it's rated, you know, it, mm. there's a few different ways it could work, but then what happens when you level up? What, how do you um, go back to that uh, NFT badge, if you will, and uh, update it? I mean, you could, I mean, that's, that's probably a, a pretty simple step, but the subjectiveness of it is the big question mark we have with it right now. And who, who's to say that that skill, you're proficient in that skill. So we're thinking about it, but it's something that needs to be solved for because if you can find a secret sauce with that, you can have like, that's, that's a, a great company if you can figure right. out how to do that. So. I mean, you, you could kind of see it of like, it's almost like LinkedIn, but all of the, the things you have on your resume there are actually verified and verified yeah. through the blockchain, almost like how on Twitter you can verify someone's profile picture, right? And you can do that basically through LinkedIn with, you know, credentials being exactly. on the blockchain. So that makes sense. The other way I thought about this, and I don't know if this applies to all jobs, but um, you could almost do like proof of performance with the blockchain in the sense of like, let's say you're trying to get a job as a investment person or a trader or something. They can literally just go to your wallet and look and be like, oh, you bought a board at Yacht Club at this and you sold it for this. Like you were profitable and you can do this for every trade because it's all open and transparent. So like I completely get it in terms of a trader or a research analyst or something for your track record. I wonder how we can do that for other skills that are not to do with, with trading. I don't know if you have yeah. any like ideas or things that you can paint a picture for us. If not, that's okay. But I, I just, I kind of want to see the, 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 you know, 10 years ahead, how's this going to end up looking? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. There's Definitely. And that varies by role, right? Like for an analyst or anybody in finance, there are milestone markers within your portfolio that can equal X in terms of expertise. But what about like a community mod? Um, what about a product or a project manager? I guess completion of those products or that project, but that still doesn't tell a hiring manager that that person was, uh, you know, uh, super skilled or okay job or did a really shitty job, you know, can I 
whatever. Um, you you know. so that's, that's the classic rating <laughs> yeah. right there. That's performance <laughs> review 101. Yeah. And then also on top of it, like, so you have community, you have product management, and then, uh, then what? Like what skills, all of the skills that go into making those roles are also all super subjective. Everybody's resume looks different and everybody comes to a different conclusion as to like, you know, these skills make me uh, a community moderator, make me a product or project manager. So uh, big, big question marks to solve for. Does that answer your question? Not quite sure. It's okay. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> so is, is, is the path to somehow create a standard for measuring those skills? Or is it more to rely on the still rely in that area to still rely on the hire or the hiring manager or the hiring employer yeah. to, to just validate those. So it'll be on chain, but it'll be on chain with the caveat that like this was um, rated out of their own rating system. Right. Yeah. Kind of like an Uber system in a way, like imagine yeah. if hiring managers, you know, who did the assessment tasks with candidates were able to upload it on the back end, mm -hmm. And that all went into some sort of rating system that went on an individual's profile. Um, it's a, it's a big, I know that it doesn't sound like it, but that's a big ask for hiring managers to make that a standard um, and to make sure that, you know, what if there's biases that go into that, into that mm -hmm. assessment? What if uh, that assessment was out of that individual skill set to begin with? Like, there's all these different factors and I'd want to be careful of um, placing somebody, a rating on somebody's profile that's unfair. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, sure, there might be a way to create a standard within the industry. I don't know anybody that solved for that in web two. Um, so there's not quite necessarily like a roadmap for that. But who's to say there might, you know, we're still in the beginning of web three, maybe there mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. we'll find out i, I want to get into a lot on hiring actually and a lot about just like the the um the job market in web3 but maybe before we do this might be a good time to just tell us about meta intro a little bit and sort of like what you guys are currently working on how far along are you what problems are you currently solving and sort of just like walk us through that process so far yeah so meta intros professional resume wallet for web3 it's a multi-chain custodial wallet that holds proof of work, proof of skill, proof of education, TBD on skill, um, eventually <laughs> one day still, um, ideally with, you know, uh, replacing the PDF resume. Uh, so we're, we're backed by Nir and Ave. We're still at the beginning stages of building our product, but like you said earlier, our, our community is pretty massive. I call that our MVC, you know, that minimum viable community um, to prove out that job seekers in the market uh, actively want Web3 jobs today. And they're willing to use a wallet uh, that'll help them uh, take on training credentials and help them reduce the time to hire um, and, and get hired quickly. Community is big. Uh, we post jobs uh, from anyone around the Web3 ecosystem pretty much every 10 minutes across technical and non-technical uh, job opportunities. We also have uh, interview resource section, Web3 education section, and funny memes. 
post it every so often. <laughs> of course, because <laughs> it's not a Web3 Discord if it doesn't have <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so I, re I remember, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, go for it. I want to hear what yeah. you remember now. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember the first meme that somebody made from our community. I woke up in the morning and that's never happened. Like in my Web2 startup, no one was creating memes for us. No one was like, I mean, I guess that's the difference of finding product market fit and not. <laughs> I, I remember waking up and seeing this like hilarious meme about Web3 jobs and meta intro. And I, uh, I, I texted my boyfriend. I was like, I think we have a fan. Oh my God, this is so exciting. What do we do? Uh, so that that's evolved. And now we have a whole community that makes memes, which is pretty, pretty special. That's amazing. So you have, you have the discord is where you're posting all the jobs and that is there a website as well? Like, are you building out a website or are you just going to do meta intro is you're going to build this sort of wallets and, and that and without a website for this job posting and job hiring stuff? Yeah, I don't want to build another labor marketplace. I'll be really frank with you. Uh, it takes a lot of capital, a lot of resources. And I think uh, people underestimate the amount of um, effort that goes into building a labor marketplace. And so mm -hmm. second time around, I was like, not doing it. Too expensive. It's going to take a lot of manpower. Um, what about Discord? And Discord, which has costed us $0 to build and scale, um, has sufficiently served. And as the job marketplace. And it's really evolved over time to be broken down and easily searchable and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, kind of replaces the need for a traditional job board. So I think going forward, unless our community is screaming at us, like we need a job site for whatever reason, then we'll bake it into the product roadmap, but not now. Uh, now we're just focused on building the wallet. How far are you into this wallet? Are you guys like, is it, is it usable yet? Is it soon to be usable or like um, what's the timelines there on the wallet? Yeah. Soon to be usable uh, plan is to have the first very early MVP uh, released to our community sometime early summer. Um, and then of course we'll iterate and eventually release to the general public, maybe end of summer, maybe fall. Okay. And any idea what kind of features will be available at the first, at the first release? It'll be super basic. So think MetaMask, but resume version. So the features in the beginning, you'll be able to customize, organize different badges and um, uh, sections, just as you would your normal resume. You'll be able to add basic description, uh, just like you do in your resume, um, profile pic, add contact information. Um, and that's about it. It'll be super, super vanilla, but the idea behind it is, does it work? Are people mm -hmm. gonna use it? Um, and do people understand what the product is? And then on the flip side, uh, making sure that employers are gonna be using it as well. So on the employer side, the way that it works is, let's say you're going through a native job application, like a board house, and you're going through uh, the, the basic questions, first and last name, email address, uh, tell us about yourself. And you get to the section where it says, uh, upload your PDF resume. Uh, instead, it would say, connect with your meta intro wallet mm. and making sure that employers mm. are using us, they understand the product. Um, that's going to be like a really big focal point in the beginning. What is, what does the employer then see? You connect with the wallet and it just remains connected now and they can just look at it any time, or is it like take a snapshot of the wallet at that moment? Or how does that work? That's a good question. I actually haven't thought through that. If it's if they'll have uh, 
like access indefinitely or if they'll just get a snapshot probably will end up being indefinitely because oftentimes unfortunately or fortunately uh, job posters will post jobs that they're not necessarily ready to hire for at that moment um, mm. maybe they're thinking about hiring that candidate a few months down the line and that candidate's resume may up, most likely will update in some shape or form, especially as we're beginning to roll out. So most likely indefinitely, but there should be a way thinking out loud for that job poster to see who's seen their wallet and maybe revoke or um, sustain right. access. Disconnect, kind of essentially. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe kind of like a doc send where you can see in the back end who's looked at it for how long, when, where. Maybe having that information would be helpful to a job seeker. Um, that is a good question to pull in our community. There we go. We're, we're building the product right <laughs> yeah. here live on the podcast. Thanks. I like it. <laughs> now, so will this wallet also in the future have the ability to interact just like a MetaMask wallet where like you could go on Uniswap and buy and trade tokens for whatever reason, or will it stay as like, this one's just meant for resume type wallet and like, and it stays as that. And then you have your other wallet for other things. It'll most likely in forever be two separate things. Um, <laughs> the only way reason I'd see any type of crossover is like, let's say you're an analyst or maybe better you're an nft designer and you want to showcase your collection in your wallet mm -hmm. which might be uh, a, a very common use case that we come across then we'll have to figure out how do we connect how do we bridge the two um but we'll we'll see as as we go down the road right. these are all yeah, great questions i, I was gonna <laughs> say, well that was one of the things i was trying to yeah. figure out was the the interoperability part of it because the thing I noticed with Web3 is like, I have a million wallets and I feel like everyone has yeah. a million wallets. So like, what if I'm doing a course and I bought it with a different wallet and then like my credentials go into that wallet? How does this like integrate? Totally. So there's going to have to be some way to sort of, um, I don't know, share the information from one wallet to another. I don't yeah. know how that's going to work. That is a good question. Do you use one wallet over another or is, is there a reason you have a ton of wallets? Um, yeah. So just security reasons, like one, I have, you know, kind of a cold wallet that I use to store. I have one that I use to yep. interact with applications. Um, one that I use to interact with NFTs. So I kind of separate it out. Just, I don't know if that's the right way to do it. I just, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you, um, walk us through the difference of, you know, I know you're not deep into this, uh, web three business yet, but I think a lot of our listeners are, have a web two business and they want to build a web three yeah. business. What is it like building? I mean, you've built a web two business already and now you're in the process of building web three. What are the differences you're finding? What are the challenges? Like, can you walk us through yeah. any of that? Um, I quickly, my mind quickly goes back to uh, the first VC or the first couple of VCs I talked to when I had this idea and mm -hmm. the thought process was like, well, let me go and try to raise on an idea. And not knowing as much as I know now about the Web3 space or more specifically the hiring space within Web3, which is like even more niche. And the conversations were completely different with um, a Web3 VC over a uh, traditional Web2 VC. And, on, and during that time, I also talked to Web2 VCs because, you know, they're probably looking to expand into Web3 as well. And Web2 VCs, 
no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> Lost them. First five seconds, they were like, so, so what is the metaverse? What is web three? <laughs> and um, it, it was it, it was just so interesting because that that beginning exercise for me just taught me a lot about what I need to know and where I need to be an expert in before I can be ready to go out and raise. Um, but in terms of the differences of running a web two startup versus a web three, uh, web three, you're most likely dealing and receiving funds in crypto. It's a completely different space. Uh, your payroll doesn't, isn't in gusto. <laughs> um, you're, you know, and uh, what do taxes look like? Uh, how do you pay employees? What do benefits look like? Um, I wrote this Twitter thread uh, a few weeks ago on the difference of benefits in Web 2 versus Web 3 for employees. Completely different um, and will most likely be the difference between you recruiting top tier talent versus not. Um, that includes like tokenomics, you know, and making sure that the employees get a share of the token if you're releasing a token, um, et cetera. NFT access, whitelist, all that good stuff. Um, other differences in being Web3. I've found that people are much more friendly in Web3, other founders. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I, do you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Much more Everyone's... collaborative. Yeah, yes. I was going to say more open and yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. accessible. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's super nice. Everybody wants to collab. Um, everyone wants to kind of help each other out, which is mm -hmm. super amazing. Um, I had a lot of startup friends that were Web2 startup friends, but here in Web3, everyone's like, how do we work together? How do we grow each other's communities? How do we share resources? Um, like for instance, the only reason that I found out about Ave for first grant was because I was talking to another Web3 startup funder that was like, no, 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 don't go and raise venture. <laughs> That's not <laughs> how you do it in Web3. You go and raise a grant first. Um, and I wouldn't have known that unless someone shared that information with me. So um, people are much more friendly in Web3, which is really nice. So was your, your raise was completely in crypto? Yeah. Wow. And, and then you pay completely in crypto as well? Like there is no fiat in here? No. Um, I feel like I'd be kind of like a fraud if I was dealing a little in fiat, <laughs> right? Um, and I feel like if, even if I did it like on low key, someone eventually would find out about it and like, you know, poke me for it. So um, I converted earlier this year, my entire bank account over to crypto.com. So now I have like, a debit card that I can pay in fiat, um, like, you know, to go get coffee or pay rent and do those types of things, which mm -hmm. unfortunately my landlord does not, does not take crypto yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also like paying bills, like how do you pay your startup bills? Right. Yeah. Because not, uh, I'm trying to think of like products that we use that are web too, like, uh, discord for nitro. Do they mm -hmm. take crypto? I don't know if they take crypto. I don't think so. Um, no. Canva to make like our digital assets. Uh, that's mm -hmm, not crypto yet. So um, it's weird being between the two. And then also talk about like the safety of holding that crypto. Um, mm. That's super mm -hmm. scary. Like getting that grant money and thinking, what if somebody hacks the, hacks the account? What if mm -hmm. um, the market dips? Oh my gosh, when I got my first grant, the market dipped and I was like, wait, did they actually send over the grant money? 
<laughs> I was like, I think they only sent her for half. And then like a few days later, the market just like skyrocketed and it almost doubled my investment. And wow. this is all before I even like put my transfers, like what, oh you know, like startup transaction on. So, um, you know, there's weird things that no one, there's no like YC startup school for this quite yet. So. Right. It's funny what in, in web three, you're basically forced to become like, even if you're just a user or you're an entrepreneur, like you're forced to become an investor, right? Cause all of a sudden it's like, well, now I have these tokens cause I need them to use it or because I'm, that's what I got to, uh, you know, my investment in and you're like, okay, do I sell it into USDC? Do I like keep it? Should I try to time the market? Like these things actually matter. It's like, Everyone is forced yeah. to wear multiple hats. It's kind of interesting. The it's actually funny you said that because the the first client that we um, that we ever uh, that paid us in crypto, they paid us in like Litecoin for some reason, and um, okay. and we didn't realize that they had paid, and so like the market had gone down, and like four days later or whatever it was, we realized and it was already down like X percent. We're like, damn it! Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, it's such a different. It's it's so different when you're when you're everything's in crypto. But now knowing that, how do you deal with clients paying you in crypto? Do you take it out right away or do you convert it? Um, what we do have, you do with It's a great question. We have like a percentage that we, um, we keep in ETH and, or we put into ETH. And then we have uh, a, the other percent that we put into USDC. So it stays stable because we pay our team in, in USDC. Well, some of them in USDC. So um, we just kind of keep it there. And why do you use ETH over other currencies? Just bullish on ETH. <laughs> it's like, you want the long answer or the short answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm I mean, curious. it's like, we're bullish on ETH, but also it's the, like, it's less risky than a lot of the other stuff. Like you would, Bitcoin and ETH are kind of like the, the least of the risky of everything. So that's kind of where we, we keep it. And, and we're big fans of, of where ETH is going and what they're doing. So that's where, where we've decided to keep a, a certain percentage of our, of, of our earnings. Yeah. Have you thought about taking a percentage of that and invest, I guess, investing off of your, off of your, uh, what word am I thinking of? Off Bottom of your balance line. sheet? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we do, we have some, I mean, we have some that's invested and it's there just kind of long-term with profits. And yeah. I think um, it's a, it's a good way to play it. If you're getting into the space, right? Like if you're building in web three, you're probably pretty bullish on web three. So why wouldn't you have some exposure to that? Right. Um, that was the way yeah. that we saw it anyway. Yeah. Just trying to figure out, well, for Ave and Nier, like they paid in two different coins and it's like, right. which one do you, do you hold both? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, in my case, yeah, I'm holding both. Um, but what happens as I get hopefully more grants or more tokens, you know, into, into the business account, am I holding all different coins? Um, I guess it just kind of depends on the agreement you have with the company that you're taking funds from. Right. It's, it's an interesting new thing you have to think about as an entrepreneur in Web3. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people don't, don't really think about that, right? But it's, it's super important, especially if you're getting paid or have to pay in, in this. So um, yeah, really interesting. Uh, Are I'm you using... I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking what we might need to do is uh, a like a web three startup podcast uh, and maybe a, maybe a panel and get, get you back Lacey and then get a couple others as well. And 
uh, dive deeper into because this is super yeah. interesting. I wasn't even expecting us to go into this conversation <laughs> today, uh, but it's it it is really interesting, yeah. and there's so many people who are curious about this. Yeah, well, it's also super applicable if you're freelancing. Like I have a ton of individuals in our Discord that are freelancing and they need to set up their LLC. And mm-hmm. somebody, for instance, came to me a few weeks ago and was like, "How do I invoice a crypto company?" I was like, that's a really good question. (laughs) So I, and like, how do I protect myself? Um, You know, do I put some funds into escrow? Like what, you know, how, how does it work? And I was like, I would be back with an answer. And so, you know, did, did some, some research and there are a ton of web three companies that are popping up that are solving for this problem. And also like on the low, QuickBooks and Intuit are moving into the crypto space because I see them hiring oh. for Web3 positions and yeah. they're hiring devs, they're hiring analysts, mm. like they're gearing up, but will they be able to win that Web3 market? Who knows? But that's all to say, like, there are these tools that are starting to pop up. It's just like, there is no, I think there is kind of like a product hunt for Web3, but, you know, like there's no sheet. There's mm-hmm. no one telling you use request finance for your invoicing, you know, use a hot and cold wallet. Like there needs to be the ABCs of being a startup founder in Web3 because it's only going to help the community. Mm. So if you want to do that podcast. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, definitely. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for sure. Uh, If listeners out there, if you guys want it, drop us a line, let us know, we'll make it happen. Uh, I'm curious when you have somebody come to you with a question like that, which is obviously a question that many have, are you guys producing guides and resources uh, to, to answer this for the masses? How do you communicate and teach all of your community these things? Um, two ways. First, we have a newsletter that goes out twice a week. It's more of like an HR newsletter that lists jobs, but there's always a section in there that educates on some topic. Uh, within the web three space. And then I write Twitter threads. I love writing Twitter threads, um, tagging different products in the community, tagging different influencers who are writing other great threads and compiling that into one massive thread. Um, and then I'll share that in our community and the like learn web three education section. But, you know, it's tough. Like I could also have a blog on top of the newsletter. Like I could also <laughs> You know, there's so many things that you can do. It's just how many hours do you have in a day? What's most impactful? Where are your listeners? Um, or just write about it on Twitter and write startup idea. Anybody solving for this? I know startup founders, you know, write, write on it. So, um, and hope somebody else solves for that problem. The, this is the most exciting thing about Web3 is it's like, it's this whole new like whole new surface area and so like someone creates something to solve a problem and then from that you're like oh but now we got to solve this one and this one and this one so like more businesses get started as a result of that and it's just like this never-ending chain uh and I, I absolutely love that it's, it's really cool this is why you can go down the rabbit hole for forever in this space yeah you totally could I uh and there's so many problems too as like a web3 startup founder that you incur that like you just you need it. Like you are willing to be the first paying customer for it. You're like, please, somebody give me a product uh, that can solve for this issue. Um, like for instance, uh, I don't know how, how busy um, your discord inbox is, but mine is slammed. Like 
50, you know, deep every morning when I wake up and everybody has a question. Everybody wants to say hello. Everybody wants to tell me the status on their interview process, which is amazing, but I don't have a CRM for my discord. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a HubSpot for, and I can't filter. I can't uh, archive. I can't move things. And like, I went to Twitter. I was like, who is building like uh, something that solves for this issue? It is an actual problem for teams that are moving their customer service on to discord um so if anybody's listening and is building a discord crm please send it my way i will pay money for it so. there you go i love that <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit into into the whole hiring uh market and the job market in in web3 can you sort of zoom out for a sec and just give us the the outlook um what are you seeing in web3 trend wise is are there is I mean, I'm going to assume everyone is hiring in Web3. Are there lots of people looking for jobs in Web3? Like, what are you seeing just since you're kind of the, the high-level view overlooking your Discord channel where everyone yeah. is? Yeah, so I think number one biggest uh, is everybody's hiring a developer. Everybody and their mom needs a developer. Solidity, <laughs> Rust, Golong. If I see one more Golong job and can't fill it, it's going to break my heart. Um, you know, front end, back end, full staff, QA, um, all of those senior level jobs, everybody needs to hire for. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of junior level positions, which makes it really tough for developers who are coming into the space and wanting to make that transition, but can't quite make it because nobody has a junior level position open. We do have a junior uh, dev jobs channel in our Discord, but it's not as active as the dev, like the normal dev jobs channel. Um, so when I see that happening, I'll push people towards some of my other favorite sites, like learn web three, you know, crypto zombies, um, you know, build space is another great one. So mm -hmm. pushing them towards resources and telling them to participate in hackathons, do some bounties, do some bug bounties, just get some more stuff on your resume so you can feel comfortable applying to those more, um, senior level positions from there, uh, Everybody's hiring like a product project manager. That's a hot job in the space. Um, I'm thinking through the channels that are super busy right now. Um, analysts and finance, everyone's hiring an analyst. Everyone's hiring an accountant. Um, the legal side of Web3 mm -hmm. is completely taking off. I'd say over the past 90 days, the amount of like counsel jobs or paralegal jobs that I've seen pop up in the space 10x at least um so if you're a lawyer looking to move into the web3 space like now is the time everybody is hiring a lawyer um, or in-house counsel um underneath that marketing you know it's more obvious like social media partnership management and then community jobs community everyone wants to be a community job or a community moderator that's definitely like a hot position right now but mm not everyone's hiring for one or they only need one on their team. And so whenever I see people coming into the community they want to be a Discord mod or a Telegram mod, um, I definitely encourage them to open up their resume to social media manager or, I don't know, partnership manager or an ambassador just to kind of have more places to send their resume because community jobs are hot. Like you can't wait on them. If you save that job to the weekend to apply, you're not going to get it. They're going to have 500 applications to go through. So, and then lastly, underneath that interns, I have a ton of interns in my discord 
like in college, right out of college, looking for that first like Web3 opportunity, but similar to junior dev jobs, um, internships are slim in the Web3 space. And they're really with like, I call them the legacy Web3 companies like Coinbase, OpenSea, Kraken, um, you know, those, those bigger companies that have been around for like a year plus, two years plus. Um, and so they're hiring interns, but um, it's tough to get an internship in the space as well. And our, other than the dev side of things, because I know that we just don't have enough devs uh, in Web3, yeah. are the other, so it sounds like there's a lot of demand for these, these jobs. Is there enough supply yet? Like, what about this, these like law um, and lawyer jobs? Like, are we getting a lot of lawyers moving into Web3 or is it scarce? I think it's pretty scarce. And I think the issue is lawyers don't know that there's so many job openings in the Web3 mm -hmm. space quite yet. And then also the barrier to entry is, what constitutes a web three lawyer obviously like mm -hmm. crypto knowledge but is a year enough in the space to like go mm. after a job like what are those required skill sets i see some of the requirements for these job opportunities sometimes i'm like you're nuts you're never gonna you're never gonna hire anybody and sometimes <laughs> i'll tell job seekers or our employers that are coming into my discord they're like i want a solidity dev you know with five years experience i'm like who? <laughs> so like, good luck. So do I. <laughs> yeah. And like, also, it's not necessarily always about like the length that you've been a Solidity Dev, more so the projects and the quality of projects that you've worked on. But I think lawyers are going to see the same issue. I think analysts are going to see the same issue. It's like these employers have to lower that, lower that like barrier of three, three years in the crypto space as like a senior counsel, like the only company right. you probably worked for is like blockchain.com. <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> what, you know, who, who have you worked for? So um, there's friction, but it'll eventually even itself out. How, how do you think we get there? Is it just, we need price to go back up so more people get interested in web three and they come back into you the space? <laughs> or, or is it like, like, what do you recommend employers do that are hiring? I mean, there's so many hiring. Do they, like you said, lower their standards and just go with the interns and the young, younger kids and kind of mold them themselves and teach them themselves? Or do they, there's a dog, or do they um, try to like, I don't know, educate their industry? So let's say they're trying to hire lawyers. You go and educate a bunch of lawyers about Web3 and hopefully you pull some over. Like, I don't know, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so... I, um, I spoke to the guys over at Unstoppable Domains uh, a few weeks ago. Wonderful team, hiring like crazy. And they have a really cool program where they actually almost prefer to look for Web2 uh, job seekers. And they have an educational program. I'm totally showing them. But uh, they have a great educational program where they put like that new job seeker almost through like a Web3 boot camp before they can start their job. And I think that's kind of, the way of, of hiring, especially if you're a large company and you're hiring at scale, like some of these companies like Polygon, for instance, has like 80 plus openings. That's insane to be able, and then think about that, let's say hundred to 300 candidates per, per job. Um, employers are gonna have to open up that, like I'm only hiring a web three person. Like they have to be willing to take a chance on some of these individuals who are coming over from the web two space, have applicable, let's say product management skills in web two, have worked for great companies, but want to make that career transition. Um, that's where the friction needs to like 
die down. Right. Um, and maybe build like internal programs like Unstoppable that help educate. Um, because oftentimes your web two skills are applicable. It's just the context of what you're, the company you're working for is different. What's the pay like in web three versus web two? Is it more, and I got to assume it's more if they want to get these people over, but I don't know. What do you, what do you find? I don't know. Um, Lacey's smile is telling a story here. <laughs> yeah. Depends. I talk about pay all the time. Um, and we have a pay scale in our discord. Cause like, I don't know, <laughs> like you could probably <laughs> ask for a ton of, like a ton of capital or ask for like, like a nice share of tokens. Um, you know, you can really negotiate your package uh, in the web three space. I think devs have a ton of leverage. If you're an employer listening to this, don't hate me. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> devs have leverage. And I've seen, you know, devs start off, you know, at that like 120, 150 range, just as like a starting. Wow. Um, and that's steep for a startup. You know, not all startups can afford that unless they've raised like a nice, nice, you know, ground from who knows, you know, some top mm -hmm. tier fund. But um, it can it can range. And then on the opposite end, I see web three companies taking advantage of employees all the time. I have people that will DM me and say like, hey, Lacey, do you think like $25 a day as a community mod is okay? I'm like, what? No. The no. amount of people, I'm like, no. Give them, flip them off and like go find another job. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like not cool. I mean, granted, I'm dealing with people around the world. So um, mm -hmm. their like uh, minimum salary might be significantly different, but it's still not okay. Like, if you're mm -hmm. a Web3 company and you've raised funds, you should be paying market salary, like mm -hmm. US market salary. You shouldn't be paying somebody $25 a day working seven days a week. Um, so it, it ranges. It definitely ranges. You talked about uh, your, your work with people from all over the world. One of the beautiful things about Web3 is that it's, it's global and it's open. And especially if you're paying in crypto, there is no, there's nothing stopping you from hiring anyone you want around the world, right? In the Web2 world, using the old payment rails like you wouldn't be able to hire someone and use like, I don't know, Upwork or whatever that's in Iran or that's in certain countries, right? Um, for example, because of sanctions and that. Um, but in Web3, you can, it's just fully open. So do you see just it's fully global in your Discord and, and what you're seeing? Or is there certain countries that are more involved or what's that dynamic like? Fully global. Um, and I'd say 90% of the jobs in our Discord are remote. Um, unfortunately, like there definitely still is bias towards hiring um, across different countries, depending what country that Web3 company is in. Um, so I encourage individuals, if the job is remote, you know, in your resume, instead of putting I'm in Brazil, put that you could work in X time zones, you're comfortable doing that. Because if the job is truly remote, that hiring manager should only be concerned with the fact that you can work in that time zone, communication skills are there, yada, yada, yada. Um, but everyone's remote and it's like a beautiful thing about web three because that means you can have access to talent that you wouldn't have normally had. Um, and you get, and that, and that unlocks all of these great things which might help, most likely will help accelerate mm -hmm. your startup. Let's, let's chat about the talent side. So we've talked about the, the employer side. Uh, what are the main challenges you see the talent facing in terms of getting a job in Web3? You know, you said you get 50 plus Discord DMs a day. What are yeah. the questions? <laughs> what, are the, what are the common threads that you're seeing? Mm, 
Number one question is probably, um, how do I make my resume applicable to the Web3 space? There's definitely things you can do to Web3ify your resume. Um, Turn it into a like, wallet. Is that the answer? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Boom, done. Yeah. Um, or like even making a portfolio. I think online portfolios are great. Uh, hiring managers don't want to have to download PDF resumes anymore because it's super sketch. I don't download PDFs anymore because I don't want somebody hacking into my computer. Sounds paranoid, but could happen yeah. in the Web3 space uh, or even Web2 space. Um, and I don't know who I'm communicating with on the other end, so I got to be careful. Um, other questions, compensation is a big mm -hmm. one that comes up. Um, interview questions. Interview questions are a little bit different in the Web3 space, obviously, because of the context of your, what you're working on. So sometimes people will chat me asking for like interview prep help, like, hey, can you jump on for 10 minutes on voice and, you know, kind of run through a mock interview with me, which I'm more than happy to always do. Um, trying to think what else. Those are like the common, common questions that I get. Give us the, I'm curious now, what's, what is the typical web three interview? What are the, mm -hmm. what are the different questions? And uh, let's, let's help out the listeners that are looking yeah. for some interview prep right now. Yeah. Um, well, it's good to know what web three is before you go on a web three interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should probably know what blockchain is and you probably should know what like NFTs and crypto, uh, you know, are and like how it interacts at just a very basic level. Um, like if you can talk to your mom about it or your grandma about it, like that's mm -hmm. usually like enough. Um, I think it's also important to go into interviews, like having an opinion on your favorite projects that are in this space, why they're your favorite projects. Um, that could be NFT projects, blockchains, uh, just general web three projects, DeFi projects. Um, it's good to kind of like have a favorite, like if you're going into, uh, Inter interview at a shoe store you should probably know like what your favorite shoe is I don't know mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. a stupid analogy yeah, yeah. but you, you get what I'm saying um and then beyond that it, it kind of it'll it depends on the type of job that you're interviewing for so I've written, written a few threads uh, on interview questions based on roles so like community mod interview questions kind of like how do you run a discord what bot should you be doing? How do you secure the safety of that Discord? Um, how do you interact with customers, you know, with new users? How do you get them back or get them coming back to re-engage? Um, those are typical interview questions. Um, I wrote a thread on product management a month or so ago. Um, and questions in that were like, what tools do you use in Web3 as a product manager? Um, what pro or you know what uh, project do you believe launched and failed and why mm -hmm. in the web three mm -hmm. space? Um, little things like that, you know, are definitely common questions you'll get. Yeah, yeah. So have an opinion, right? It's, uh, it's yeah. a, I'm I'm watching Super Pumped right now, uh, the uh, the show that's a story of Uber, and uh, the one of the things that comes out in that show is that they asked everybody in the interview, "Are you an asshole?" which says a lot about the culture of Uber, but it made me wonder if like, does everybody in web three ask, are we all going to make it? <laughs> like what's the, what's the, what's the, the, uh, the transferable question for that? <laughs> Should we pull that? I like it. <laughs> what about, uh, what about somebody who, 
because uh, we we get this a lot i find um so the more junior levels right like i think the the senior levels probably know have lots of experience interviewing they probably have got that down packed but i think we see this wave of young talent and particularly a wave of talent of global talent where their education system and their background might not be as strong that they're coming with a real skill set to offer which i think is why we're seeing so many people interested in being community moderators because it is something that you can pick up rather quickly and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and, and offer that skill um but the one thing that i always see is people being like hey how do i network how do I meet more people in web three? Right. I don't have, they don't have any connection. And I think a lot of people are joining discords, but they get lost in discords and they struggle and discord can just be a mess. So I'm just curious if you have any advice around how to network and how to actually build real relationships in web three, not just join a million discords. Yeah. I I can totally empathize with that because that was me in the beginning. I was like, I don't know how to use discord is it okay to like dm the mod like Mm -hmm. you know who and is the mod the person that i need to talk to um i always recommend people like hopping in on twitter spaces i think that's a great way to meet people raise your hand um you know have an opportunity to go up on stage introduce yourself talk to the people that are on the stages um other great ways to network hackathons um, a lot of people don't mm. know that in a majority of the hackathons, there's codeless opportunities like writing, um, go to markets, building go to market strategies. Uh, a lot of people think hackathons are just for devs, and they're not. In fact, there's um, a codeless hackathon, specifically no code. Um, that happens, I think, once a quarter or so. Um, and that's a great way to network, meet other people that are jumping into the space and trying to build skills and like maybe even earning some crypto at the end. Um, signing into people's DMs on Twitter again, like what we were talking about earlier, people are super friendly. Um, I always say yes, whenever somebody wants to, you know, hop on a quick discord chat, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's chat. How do you want, what can I tell you? Um, unfortunately not everybody's like that, but like, if you shoot a hundred shots, like at least mm-hmm. 10% are going to get back to you and say, yeah, why not? Um, and then I think also keeping up those relationships, super important, um, kind of like, this may sound stupid, but like kind of like on LinkedIn where you congratulate people for getting new jobs, like Mm -hmm. interact with people's, you know, Twitter posts. Like I do all the time. That's how I maintain my my relationships because I don't talk to those people every day, but like, for instance, you guys, I'll follow you on Twitter and like, you'll see me, you know, uh, write something on, you know, a post that you've written, you know, over the next few weeks, just to like remind you I'm here and, you know, I want to keep the relationship. That's all good things to do. Um, and that's good ways to network and you never know somebody might have a job for you or might want to build a hackathon team or you know that might just be a relationship that's good to just have another friend so we actually we just hired someone um that is i think he's 20 22 or whatever he's young just got to school he's not even graduated school he's like going through it right now to graduate and uh, and we spoke to him months ago when we put out a job posting Um, But he followed us on Twitter and he's just engaged with us for the last few months. And we were like, wow, this guy's like super out there. And he's like, he's very wise. Like he had some great tweets that he would tag us in and like include us in on conversations. And so like, he just stayed top of mind. And so when we were ready to hire again for the next role, um, he was like, he didn't, we didn't even have to apply again. We just like, we reached out to him because he was just always there. Um, And so, so it works, right? Like we, we see it right away. So that's really cool. Um, 
I have one other question. I know we're getting close to time where we need to wrap up, but um, since we're talking workforce, we haven't really touched this yet. So I'm interested to see if you have any um, ideas about this, but DAOs. To me, DAOs is something that's going to completely revolutionize the workforce in a way where you're not even applying anymore. You're just contributing. And then all of a sudden now you have a role. Um, have you put much thought into DAOs? Have you put any, like, I don't know if you've been a part of any DAOs, um, but how do you see that changing workforce or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, um, I'm a DAO contributor. Um, I love, I would be in 20 DAOs if I could, but not enough time in the day. Um, and it's also important, like, I think people get so excited about wanting to be a part of a ton of DAOs, but you have to think about the quality of your contribution at the end of the day. And like, there's no way that you're going to contribute meaningfully and get paid meaningfully to 20 different DAOs. It's just mm -hmm. not physically possible. Um, DAOs are great. Um, I know the guys over at Cleoverse, super nice guys. Uh, they're kind of building that DAO work platform where I might be butchering this, so don't shoot me if you guys are listening. But uh, they do. They like collect uh, a ton of DAOs, and the DAOs put out the contribution opportunities. And if you're in the Cleoverse ecosystem, you can like interact or apply to those contribution opportunities. I don't yeah. know. I think I got it right. Um, but uh, they're kind of building like that future of work in the DAO space, which is super exciting. Um, I, what, what's interesting to me, like in our Discord, uh, I don't see a ton of like specific contribution opportunities come towards us, but I see the larger companies that have DAOs um, looking for like governors. And it's like a very specific thing. Um, I'm trying to think who I post, like Polygon. I think is hiring for like a governor or a treasury manager. Like there's mm. those like senior positions um, that I see more like happening in the hiring, hiring full-time space. Mm. Um, but DAOs are great. Uh, I think it's an incredible way to create job opportunities that weren't there before um, and great ways to achieve like really bizarre missions, like buying an MBA team or like, you know, <laughs> like I was in, I was uh, creeping on like the Blockbuster DAO, like all of that. So cool. I want to buy Blockbuster. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> Wait, is there a DAO that's buying block the, the last remaining Blockbuster video store? I haven't heard yes. about this. Yeah, they, I don't, I haven't kept up with them because that Discord was nuts. Like, <laughs> nuts um and they had to put together like a proposal to i think it's like who owns them like comcast or at t or some i think it's comcast yeah yeah, it's yeah. Ways, yeah they wanted to buy i'm butchering this but buy blockbuster and turn it into like a decentralized streaming service <laughs> of course Unreal. i'm on it if I, you know i'm i'm behind that sure take my money so. That that would be one of the best <laughs> comeback stories of all time. It really would be. I mean, <laughs> other great comeback stories like uh, Radio Shack making a great comeback. LimeWire is making a comeback. Yeah, LimeWire. Like, yeah, yeah LimeWire. Yeah. I could I could see a future with. Uh, I'm going back to your wallet because I got more ideas for you for your for your company. <laughs> but I could see a future where a DAO needs. I don't know. Let's just say they need an image created by a graphic designer. And they just put out a proposal and someone just connects their wallet, proves that they have X credential where they've passed some course by Canva or whatever. So proves that they have it. They automatically get awarded that 
that role or that project. And then it's like, they, uh, once they finish and complete the project, they hand it in and so long as it's good, then boom, they click approve and the money goes right to the wallet immediately. And it's like, there was no hiring process at all. It was just kind of like, you put out a proposal, you connect in and it just works and then they get paid and they're done and you move on to the next thing. That's how I can see That's freelancing future work. <laughs> if you build that platform, we'll come. Okay. <laughs> I'll get started today. Yeah. Okay. Any more questions, Kai? Or can we can we move to the uh, speed round questions to to wrap before we wrap up here? Let's wrap it up. Anything uh, anything else you wanted to touch on, uh, Lacey? No, that was a lot. I think we touched on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, tell us where we can find you because it sounds like you showed a bunch of Twitter threads that you do, uh, and so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to go check them out. I'm sure many of the listeners are. Where can we find you? Uh, on the interwebs, uh, specifically yeah. on Twitter. Um, yeah, so Twitter, uh, we're at Minute Intro. Um, Discord link is in the bio. And I try to pin our, pin the good tweets, the good threads. So if you <laughs> scroll through the top, you'll see uh, the, the tweets that I was, or the threads that I was talking about. Cool. And uh, we'll try to... Um, collect some of those threads and throw them in the show notes along with some of the other links nice. that you mentioned. Uh, okay. Uh, we like to just finish up with a fun little lightning round, just hit you with some quick questions. Um, let's start out with uh, favorite person to follow on Twitter. Uh, probably Alexis Ohanian. It's probably my favorite. Cool. Nice. Cool. Thanks, if you meet him, uh, tell him I say hi. <laughs> <laughs> If you meet him, tell him we say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Former founder of Reddit and now yeah. running, what's the VC that he's running now? 776 or something like that it's yeah. called? Yeah. And he's investing in all of these Web3 startups. Yeah. yeah. So. Investor in uh, Moonbirds. They just put in, I think, 10 million into Moonbirds. Yep. So showing my new favorite shill. NFT project. Yeah, yeah. yeah shill. total show. <laughs> totally showing my bag. Uh Best thing you've purchased for under a hundred dollars does not have to be web three. I purchased a candy bar the other day. That's like the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> what what kind of what kind of candy bar? Like a Hershey's chocolate cookies and cream. Mm, nice. I know. Does Delicious. that count? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's the is that really the best thing you purchased? <laughs> I really like my chocolate. So yes, probably. Nice. Oh, great. Um other than other than your Discord, favorite community online. Mm, favorite community, either the DAO that I'm in, which is an all women led DAO called Blue DAO, or um, or Near. Near has some really good stuff in it. Like if you're I'm not just saying that just because like we're backed by mm -hmm. them, but they have a really active discord and uh, developer information, no code information, super helpful if you're building on near. So I probably jump into that uh, discord a lot. Yeah, quite a bit during the week. Cool, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll throw both those in the show notes. Okay, last question. Um, project, upcoming project you're most excited about could be a DAO, could be an NFT, could be a protocol. Um, no limit to what type of project mm. can be? Um, 
project because I just used them. Request Finance is probably my favorite right now. Um, mm -hmm. Incredible platform to pay, send invoices, but they're in their like MVP baby stage still. Mm -hmm. And what I was able to do um, without paying any fees was I would prefer that over QuickBooks any day. Um, so I'm definitely rooting for them right now um, and keeping an eye on what they're doing. Is cool. that lame? Is that a lame answer? No, that's a great one. <laughs> no, that's actually an awesome answer. I'm 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 going to look at go look at them immediately after this yeah. show because I manage our finances, so I'm now yeah. interested. <laughs> okay, amazing, Lacey. This has been a blast. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. This was uh, a lot of fun to talk web three jobs and startup life. So my two favorite things. Lacey, thank you. And when you get um, uh, Meta Intro launched, uh, we, will, we will have you back on to talk about what that process was like and how that's going, et cetera. So looking forward to, to part two in the future. Sweet, me too. <laughs> and we'll definitely do the uh, startup panel as well. And I'm, I'm pumped up about that one. We'll get that one <laughs> yeah. in the calendar for the next couple months. Okay, have a great afternoon. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.